Hey, Jen, how about another live Q&A? My favorite. Great. Today, we're answering some challenging questions from our newest friends in Dallas, Texas. Let's do it. to the Intimate Covenant Podcast, where we believe the Bible and great married sex both belong on your kitchen table. That's right, we're talking about holy, covenant-bound, intimate relationships with hot sex. We're Matt and Jen, founders of Intimate Covenant. We offer biblical teaching and resources to help married couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. For more information, visit our website, IntimateCovenant.com. Welcome, friends. Welcome. Thanks for joining us in another episode of the Intimate Covenant Podcast. Yes, and we have literally just walked in the door <laughs> from an incredible weekend in DFW. Yes, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, yes. North Texas. For those who are unfamiliar with the term DFW, which is probably most of the country. Yes, uh, literally just drove home and here we are. Recording the intro to this podcast, the work never ends. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but uh, for this week's episode, we are sharing some of the Q&A session that we recorded uh, from this from this weekend's event. Yeah, we had a great event, great marriage day um, on Saturday, yesterday. Uh, We had just such a good time with these couples, lots of New friends and old friends packing the room, and we loved it. Oh, it was great. Uh, and like Jen said, it just was really nice to be encouraged by uh, some folks that we've uh, really known for a long time and, and have really been supporting us for quite some time, uh, and even reacquainting with some friends that I just did not expect to see there. So yeah. that was uh, really such a blessing to be able to uh, spend time with uh, these friends, both, as Jen said, new and old friends. Yep. Um, Lots of encouraging feedback. Uh, We just really enjoyed meeting everyone, having such a a good time, and and I think a very profitable weekend for them, and certainly a profitable weekend for us. Absolutely. We spent Saturday exploring love and romance in the Song of Songs. We used our beloved material. Yeah, one Um, one of our favorites, really. Uh, Just a a deep exploration into the Song of Songs, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to pull out some meaning from uh, just the beautiful poetry uh, of of God to to describe and to help us better understand our marriage relationship and the love and romance uh, of that, and really celebrating sex as the song does. So, Who knew? That's in the Bible. uh, It's in the Bible, and and we had (laughs) a great time. One of our favorite Marriage Day material, Um, but... This isn't our only marriage day for this year. We have some upcoming events we want to make sure y'all know about. Um, Next up is our Tampa Marriage Day, and that will be happening on February 25th. And our our, uh, theme for that one is Enlighten Your Intimate Covenant, Um, learning how to magnify the spiritual connection in your marriage. Yeah, we're we're definitely looking forward to Enlighten, um, just talking about that intersection of the spiritual and the sexual and the emotional connection Mm -hmm. in marriage and kind of how all of that blends together. We we really, I don't know, there's sort of this hesitancy to Mm -hmm. talk about spirituality and sexuality of 
of uh, marriage this in the same sentence, but yeah. <laughs> that's what we're going to challenge uh, our our audience to do in, in this event. Uh, that event, like uh, like you said, February 25th, that's a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the event is from 9 to 4. It's on the campus of Florida College there like we were uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And we're just really looking forward to connecting uh, with those couples there in Tampa. Yes. Some new ones, maybe some old ones. Um, but, lots of room at but, this event. So yes. um, lots of space for people to register and come join us. Um, super, super excited about that one coming up next month. And then... Um, Nashville is going to happen April 1st, first Saturday of April. And just this week, we opened the registration for Nashville. Um, So if you're interested in the Nashville area one, registration for that is open. And we'll have that in our show notes. But at the Nashville uh, Marriage Day, we're going to be discussing redeeming your intimate covenant. Learning. And and that's all about building oneness, overcoming obstacles, uh, making married sex great again. It's uh, it's just a, uh, a wide variety of topics, but really all about redeeming, about taking something that is uh, either old or routine or taking something that maybe is broken mm-hmm. uh, and, and transforming that into something that is much bigger and better. Uh, so Redeeming Your Intimate Covenant, that is April 1st in Nashville, Tennessee. Well, technically the northeast corner outside of Nashville, uh-huh. Tennessee, right. uh, in, in a little town called Gallatin. Yeah. Uh, the, the venue here is the Palace Theater, which we're so, I mean, <laughs> we're so excited. It does. It sounds, <laughs> sounds big time. So we're really excited about this, uh, this venue. It's a, it's a cute little theater. Um, so we're told, and, and our yeah. hosts have, have really done a, a lot of hard work to find a, a cute, cool place. So yeah. we're really excited about it's this. It's going to be a good one. That one is also going to be from 9 to 4 on that Saturday, April 1st. Um, it's our first event in Tennessee. And yeah. little known fact about Jen, <laughs> most of y'all think I'm a Texas girl, and I am at heart, but I was born in Tennessee. Yes. I was born in little itty bitty Cookville, Tennessee. Um, so probably we have no listeners from Cookville. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but if you're from Cookville, if you're from Nashville, if you're from Tennessee or the surrounding area, yeah. uh, join us. We'd love to see you April 1st in Nashville. Uh, you can register for that event at IntimateCovenant.com slash Nashville. Mm-hmm. You can register for the Tampa event at IntimateCovenant.com slash Tampa. Yes. Um, so I'll, please hopefully do. Hopefully that makes sense. Spread uh, the word. Uh, and if you're interested in bringing Intimate Covenant to your neighborhood, um, now's the time to contact contact us at podcast at intimatecovenant.com. We do have some availability in the fall yes. of this year, and it is never too early to start planning for 2024. We're, we're just at the end of January, <laughs> and we're already telling these people to start planning to bring us next year. Hey, but you, it, the, the, plan, the earlier you start planning, the easier it is, and, and we would certainly love to make this happen in your neck of the woods. All right, we, we can't quite finish up with talking about upcoming events until we just share a little bit with you about the retreat, because... Yes. Retreat registration will be opening soon. So our sixth annual retreat, marriage retreat, is going to be happening this year, September 21st through the 23rd. That's a Thursday evening through a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. How, how does it feel to say sixth annual? Is that I never a thought I hard. would. <laughs> it's a little bit hard to believe. Uh, sixth annual retreat. I know. Um, it's yeah. Crazy. Looking forward to that in September. 
Um, it's going to take place to the same place we have the last mm-hmm. couple of years at the Houston City Place Marriott, That's which is a beautiful venue. Uh, yes. In the Woodlands, Texas, yes, uh, just just north of Houston, close enough to the airport. It's super easy if you want to fly into Houston Intercontinental Airport just to get an Uber over to the hotel. We've had yes. several couples do that. It's very close, and and you can definitely Uber there. You don't even have to rent a car because there's so mm-hmm. much to do, even just within walking distance of the venue. Yep, you you really wouldn't have to leave unless you wanted to. Yeah, uh, there, there's plenty of uh, restaurants and even some shopping just right there. Uh, within walking distance of the hotel. Right. So registration opens for that on Valentine's Day, February 14th. And we have an incredibly exciting announcement about the retreat. But you have to come back next week to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) We are so excited. Next week, we are going to be announcing our theme and we are going to be announcing some special things happening for I am this telling year's you, retreat. People, th- this is an announcement we just can hardly contain we ourselves <laughs> about how excited we are uh, to make this announcement. But we are going to make you wait just one more week yeah. so that we can really build this anticipation. Yeah, you're going to love it. You're going to want to be at the retreat this year and it is going to sell out. So get it on your calendars and... Be ready to join in the fun. Again, September 21st through the 23rd. That Save that date and be ready on February 14th <laughs> to get registered. Uh, we, <laughs> At 12.01. <laughs> we're very excited about uh, what we have coming up uh, for yes. this, this event. Um, so... Is that all of our announcements? I think that's all. I know. I feel like I feel like we have a whole list of announcements here. Uh, that's definitely a lot of events coming up, but we are happy to do that. Our favorite thing is getting to connect with you guys in person. And so yes. um, that just is a lot of excitement we for us. We don't want to miss you, and uh, you don't right. want to miss some of these events. And we as, have a you're good a, as you're about to hear on this Q&A, um, we, we tackle hard questions, but we also just have a whole lot of fun together. It, it was. It was a good time. Uh, I think you're going to see hear that in the uh, in the recording. Uh, again, the recording is is from uh, this most recent event, and uh, we're, we just take a hodgepodge of questions, whatever people throw at us. And and, and y'all throw out good and ones Jen, at us. Jen uh, loves it and is <laughs> and gets embarrassed for me at the same time, I think. Uh, but but we have a good time with it, and so I uh, hope that this, uh, this session is beneficial for you as well. How often should a couple have sex? This is the question everybody wants to know and nobody is willing to ask, right? (laughs) What are they doing? Um, The short answer is, I mean, if we're looking at this from a research perspective or an academic perspective, most studies suggest that the happiest couples or the most satisfied couples are having sex one to two times a week. That, however, has nothing to do with your marriage. You are not a statistic, and your marriage is not a statistic. statistic. So the the number of times that you should be having sex is up to you and your spouse as as long as your focus is how many times should we be having sex that will maximize the connection in our relationship. Because more sex does not necessarily equal more happiness or more connectedness. There's a limit at which you could be having sex where it becomes a burden to one or both of you. Like you see all the time, like these 30-day sex challenges. We're going to have sex every day for 30 days. You think they enjoyed every 30 days <laughs> to the same level? Probably not. 
So did it help their marriage? Did it teach them something about themselves and their relationship to do the 30-day challenge? Maybe. But ultimately, what's the point of sex? Say it with me. Connection. Connection. So how often should you be having sex? As frequently as is necessary to help maintain the best level of connection in your relationship. I don't know what that number is for you. But you should be having a conversation about that number. And that number might change month to month, week to week. It will definitely change season to season in your life. Absolutely. What if kids, closeness of bedrooms with kids, not enough alone time, able to be had, is causing a difficulty of being able to fully enjoy sex the way you used to? So I understand this question is saying, you know, before those little foxes came into our home, sex maybe looked different than what it looks like now. Certainly if you're living in a home where your kids are right next door uh, to your bedroom, um, or you just have a whole house full of kids. We've lived in some small houses with thin walls, for sure. Uh, And that's going to change things. Right, it does change things. But it is not an impossible barrier, to be clear. Um, There's definitely ways to have sex quietly. uh, And there's definitely ways to dampen the sounds of sex, as it were. Get a sound machine. That's a very inexpensive way to dampen whatever noises are coming out of your bedroom. First, don't have kids in your bedroom. Okay. And have a lock on your bedroom door. That provides a great amount of security. Knowing that... If they do come to the door, they cannot get in the door. So lock your bedroom doors. And and I'll go one further, and you guys are going to think that I hate kids when I say this. (laughs) Our kids, from the time they were young, were required to knock and ask for permission to enter my bedroom. Under every circumstance, anytime, any place, I made it clear that my bedroom was our special room. They were not allowed in my bedroom unless they had permission, explicit permission to be there in that moment. They did not cross the threshold. Your, your master bedroom is your sex room. It is your sacred place. Foxes are not allowed. So with that mentality, and again, people are going to think I hate kids, but <laughs> my kids are also not allowed to sit between us unless they had explicit permission, even at church. They don't sit between us unless it's a very special circumstance, even to this day. Now, does that mean I hate my kids? Perhaps. (laughs) What I think it means is that we taught them, even with those little simple, meaningless lessons, that this was more important. And when we say, we're going to our bedroom, don't bother us, they understand. And that there were dire, dire consequences for, for not following those guidelines. They understand because we made time for date nights and we made uh, time to be away. We took getaways even when we had young kids. They began to understand that this was more important and they were not as important as this. And that's an important lesson for a child because children inherently think that they are most important. That is they are born trying to take over your marriage and trying to take your attention away from each other. I mean, when that child does sleep in your bed, what happens to that little child's body? 
It, it gets, it wiggles its way in between the two of you, and then it goes like this, right? And it makes like a letter H. Because their whole being says, separate mom and dad. It's just, so just recognize that that's happening and take active steps. So if you're in the stage of littles, you're going to have to be intentional. Work together to establish a solid bedtime routine for every child in your home. Be intentional. It's not just the mom's responsibility. Dads, help establish the bedtime routine. Everybody has a place to lay their head that's not in mom and dad's bedroom. It's in your best interest to get the kids in bed. I mean, get involved with the process. It is in your best interest. Walk in the door from work. How can I help with bedtime? Is it bedtime yet? Let's go. Daylight savings. Go. But get intentional with helping. Get intentional with establishing those routines. Get intentional about finding those times to get away. So you, you all probably are parts of great church families. Tap into your spiritual family. If you don't have close family, tap into your spiritual family. If you're older and your kids are go gone, find a young family that desperately needs a date night and take their kids from them. So, so be intentional about finding ways. That is true kingdom work, folks. <laughs> true kingdom work. Helping to solidify marriages and helping people to prioritize their marriage. That is just as important as the, as the sermon on Sunday. Right. So I think that's, that's the overall answer to this question is get intentional about your marriage and the priority of your marriage. But I mean, logistically speaking, again, a sound machine is a great investment in that situation. Find ways to, I mean, you can tuck pillows and towels underneath the door jam so that sound doesn't come in or out as easily. Um, but get the kids in bed, get an established routine, an established timeline, and teach them from an early age that your time together is, is special and important. That's, that's at least some practical tips. Um, okay, another question is, what if you are both responders? Hmm. So, <laughs> without knowing a lot of the details behind the nature of this question, I would suggest that at least on some level, you both have not always been responders. In a lot of cases, and I'm not suggesting that this is the case where this person is asking, but I, I only have general information, so I have to answer generally. I would suggest that there probably was a time where one of you was more of a pursuer than a responder. And because of years of rejection, you both have just resigned yourselves to being responders. And the pursuer is afraid to ask because they don't want to be rejected again. That's at least one way this happens. It doesn't necessarily have to be the only way. But most of the time when there's two responders, it's because somebody just stopped pursuing. Not that they're not a pursuer by nature. They just, I mean, I would too. If all I got was rejection, I'd probably get tired of that as well. Some of us are made of tougher stuff. Some of us are just dumb enough to keep pursuing and keep getting rejected. <laughs> but I'll just tell you one thing that we didn't get to in, in the regular sessions is that pursuers, if you're not getting rejected, you're not trying hard enough. 
You should be getting rejected from time to time. If not, you're not trying hard enough. And so I would maybe guide that, that I say that kind of facetiously, but that also I think applies in this situation. If you feel like you're in a relationship where you're both responders, then maybe step out of yourself and stop being afraid of rejection. Put something out there that, that uh, expresses some vulnerability. And more often than not, vulnerability will beget vulnerability from someone else. If I'm willing to be vulnerable, someone else will be willing to be vulnerable and maybe we can come together and make some sparks fly in that way. Now, that said, I mean, all kinds of people end up getting married. And so it's certainly reasonable or possible that you both just are not strongly motivated by sex. That's okay, but it doesn't mean that sex is optional. I mean, God defines the nature of the marriage relationship by sex. When he's establishing the, sec, the, the marriage covenant, even in, in Genesis, he says that you'll know, how do you know that you're married or for what purpose are you getting married? And part of that purpose, part of that definition of the marriage covenant is that you are one flesh. That means that God is defining the relationship by the fact that you have sex. So it doesn't mean sex is optional. And I would say that's true even as you age. We have this, like, I don't know where this myth comes from, but this myth that once you're old, you don't have to have sex anymore. Whew. I'm done with that. I don't think that's a biblical view of the marriage relationship. That's certainly not a one flesh view of the marriage relationship. But if you're both responders, you both need to recognize the value of sex and how sex plays a role in your marriage and the level of your intimacy. And it ought to be connecting you emotionally and spiritually, and it ought to be enhancing the connection that you have emotionally and spiritually. So recognize the value. If you're both responders, then maybe that means you both have to just recognize that and put a little bit more effort into making sure that it happens. One idea that we have um, seen and shared with others is that if neither of you feel like you're naturally inclined to initiate, then take turns initiating. And this could look something like, I'm going to initiate and then you have 72 hours in which then you, it's your job to initiate. Or whatever, maybe it's two weeks. but However long it is in between. And you're just taking turns with that initiation. Now, I would set a time frame together. What are you both comfortable with with your time frame? Otherwise, you might both end up not initiating, right? That might be where you're at right now. So set a time frame and take turns on who is going to initiate, who is going to be the one that says... Tonight. Now, if you're both responders, you both need time to warm up. So, right? So, you're probably not at 10 o'clock going, hey, you wanna? Okay? It's probably not gonna work for either of you. So, give each other that permission to say, tonight. How about tonight? Tonight, I'm initiating. We're gonna have sex tonight. And then, sometime in the next two weeks or whatever it is, it's your turn. That might be tomorrow. It might be two weeks from now. It might be three days from now. Whatever it is. But take, then you have the chance to take turns. And then, then it's no longer a burden on just one of you. How can you learn to stop pouting when rejected? Oh, okay. 
for everybody that probably looks a little bit different, all of us probably pout in different ways. But I think what's crucial there is rather than, the, the point is when I feel rejected, my initial feeling is disappointment, anger, frustration, whatever it is, and it's okay. I would encourage you, number one, to name that feeling. So if you're a sexual pursuer and you're a man, you're gonna have a difficult time even coming up with the words to name that feeling. Name that feeling, even if it starts out as something basic as just, I'm angry, that's okay, name it. If you can get a little bit more below the surface, you might say, I'm disappointed or I'm frustrated or I'm sad or whatever it might be, I feel rejected. Name that and it's perfectly appropriate to express that. Okay, I, I understand you're saying tonight's not a good night to have sex. I'm a little bit disappointed by that. But then where it has to turn is it has to turn away from self-service to other service. It has to turn from I'm disappointed and I feel this way, so I'm going to sit and sulk about it and validate my own bad feelings about it. And it has to turn the focus away from me and instead turn the focus on my spouse and ask questions like, okay, so I know you don't want to have sex, but would now be a good time for us to connect in some other way? Can we sit together? Can we snuggle? Can we watch a show together and talk about it? Can we uh, do something else some other way? Can I get you a bowl of ice cream? I mean, whatever it is, can I... Can I do something to serve you? I was offering sex as a way to connect, but since that's not a good option, instead I'm going to offer this as a way to connect. That's how you stop from being a pouty two-year-old, is stop focusing on yourself. I mean, that's no mystery, right? We all have been taught from the time that we're... It's from the time that we come to Christ that our life is about serving other people, but somehow we forget that that applies to our, our marriage, of all things. It's about service. It's about stop looking at what I want and find out what somebody else wants and serve them. Stop pouting and start serving in a succinct way <laughs> of saying it. Okay, the next question is, what do you do if the husband is struggling with ED? By ED, uh, well, maybe you all know what that means. That's erectile dysfunction. Uh, a, a husband, in this case, who is um, physically incapable or at least has a challenge uh, getting or maintaining an erection. Um, that's a great question. I think that the answer to that question at least in part, lies in how are you defining sex? As one uh, person said it, even if you can't cut the mustard, you can still lick the jar. Oh. Come on, you're getting it. You get it? It's okay to laugh. In other words, there are many, 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 many ways to have sex that don't require an erection. You can still have sexual intimacy and still share that part of your lives together even if all your body parts don't work like they used to. 
I mean, look, sexual difficulty due to health and aging is inevitable for all of you. I don't care how young and invincible you think that you are. Time and age and sexual dysfunction is coming for all of you. (laughs) That's such great news. (laughs) The reason I emphasize that is developing a repertoire of more than just a single sexual act is vital to establish and learn that now while you still have all your sexual function, it's like sex insurance. (laughs) It means that you always have an option. You always have something else to fall back on. Right, one study showed that older couples who were still having sex, they were still successful with having sexual connection with one another, was because in their younger years, they had a wide variety of things that they did to bring pleasure and connection together. So most of you are younger than us. Now's your time. Be figuring it out. Don't get stuck in the rut now. Because there may come a time when certain body parts don't work the way that you want them to work. You can still have sexual connection with one another. What are some of the insecurities of women in general that her husband should be aware? Ooh. Ooh. I'm hoping a husband asked this question. <laughs> it might be a wife being like, you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, a thoughtful, a very thoughtful question and a, an important question. I think the biggest thing for most women in today's world is body image. The vast majority of us are struggling to believe that we are good enough. And that is true no matter what clothing label number is in your, in your clothes. Because even women who we think, oh, that is the perfect size, they are struggling just as much as other women. Because we are constantly fed lies that sexy and beauty equals a certain set of numbers, a certain body type, a certain skin color, hair color, ability to put on makeup, clothing labels. We're bombarded with that. And so I tear up every time I hear Matt advise you husbands to make sure that your wife is your standard of beauty. Because I know the power of that. Because I don't look like I did when I was 18 and got married. And you know what? That's a beautiful thing. Because this body tells the story of us. And I'm going to own that and I'm going to be proud of that. But I have to work really hard to fight the world telling me otherwise. And when this man proclaims over and over and over my beauty, man, it's a lot easier to fight that battle. But women are constantly telling themselves they're not good enough. They're telling themselves they're not a good enough mother. She needs to know that she is doing it right. Help her. Help her in that. Use your words to help know. She needs to know that she is doing a good job at being your wife, at being your children's mother, at being a Bible class teacher, a friend. You look around at all of the job hats that your wife wears. And you tell her she is good 
at those things. And you find a way to praise her. Men, this is the power of the 20-minute check-in. You figure out what is it my wife is insecure about, and guess what my praise is over and over and over. I'm finding different ways to say to her, you are enough. <clears throat> Women across this country, I know because I've looked at all in all your eyes, we are all terrified of our sexuality. We've grown up oftentimes in a church and in a family that has cloaked our sexuality in silence and shame. Some of us have had our sexuality abused and misused, and that wrecks you. And so she needs to know that she is sexy, because sexy is a mindset, it is not a body shape. And she is sexy if you see her as such, and I pray that you do. So she needs to hear your words of praise in regards to her sexuality. Proclaim her beauty. Proclaim the fact that her tapping into her sexuality is a beautiful and godly and good and holy thing. Sexuality is holy. And when you have a wife who recognizes that and starts tapping into arousal and the power of that and the joy within her marriage, that'll change things. But men, you play a huge part in that. Use your words. Yes. And I think, I mean, this, this, the question is asking about general insecurities. But honestly, general insecurities are irrelevant when it comes to your wife. You need to know as a husband, what is your wife insecure about? And you're, you can't find that out just by watching her walk across the room. You've got to ask questions. You've got to be having engaging in these kinds of conversations. Share your own insecurities with her, and she will be much more likely to share her insecurities with you. But that's how you know then how to build one another up. That's how you know where to build one another up. And understanding what she is insecure about also tells you a lot about why you're having the conflicts that you're having. If money means something different to her than it means to you, then you're probably going to have conflict about that. If she would rather, if she feels insecure about your financial situation and you're just spending money, no wonder she doesn't like you for that. Um, you know, because you, you're not, you're feeding into that insecurity even further without even sometimes even knowing it. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of this has been a blessing to you. Uh, thanks for subscribing and rating and for sharing the podcast. Thanks for all your encouragement and support. And thank you especially to our Patreon subscribers for just really coming alongside us in a very real way. We love you. Until next time, keep striving and don't settle. Thank you for listening. If you have something to add, we would invite your feedback, questions, and suggestions via our email podcast at intimatecovenant.com. To submit anonymous questions and feedback, visit our website, intimatecovenant.com backslash podcast. Click on the button, contact the podcast for an anonymous submission form. In addition to this podcast, Intimate Covenant offers group Bible studies, private couples coaching, premarital counseling, weekend seminars, and an annual marriage retreat. 
We would love to continue the conversation about God's plan for intimate marriage and holy sexuality with you and your friends. If you're interested in bringing us to your church or small group, please contact us, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. May God continue to bless your marriage.